You. <laughs> Some things are too good to leave behind. Or now. About to witness the awesome crushing might of the UGS Robinson Show Stomper version one on death. <laughs> on death and how to recognize it in your favorite sport. Come on in! Like I said, some things are too good to leave behind. I tried Oxbow, and I'm in Oxbow, and couldn't bring myself to leave it behind. Stigmata, calling it a just, Intro all of nothing. It's going to be the new music for the new show. Sorry. Sorry, Oxbow. I don't want people sitting around crying. This is punch in the face time. With your host, Eugene S. Robinson. And the words that kick it all off on version one. Last week, 12... Trial run this week, real king, king, and as usual, before we start the show, the words sum it all up, stigmata, intro, all or nothing, and a record calling it a just, still available from Revelation Records, coming to Peak, California, Bob Riley, sing the words, and sum it all up, even with the new me. Oh, I love it. I love it. Listen, Diddy Wells, brother. Well, you know, Diddy, whatever. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time, but I could not see you. Because I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full always nothing. All right, all right, all right, my friends. Uh, that's. That's the intro music. You know, I tried. I went through the whole, I'm going to put in the headphones. I went through the whole Oxbow. Uh, is that working? Yeah, I think it is. I went through that whole, well, maybe not. Hold on. There we go. I can hear it. I went through that whole Oxbow song catalog, which is like seven records deep, plus a whole bunch of other stuff, to find something that had the punch of intro all of nothing, right up, slow ramp up, ga -ga bing, as well as the, the, the bitter and caustic line that I love so much. And that actually got me to sign that band because, yeah, they were on my, my record label, which is how I can use it without getting sanctioned by the, the overlords at, uh, at, uh, at, at uh, YouTube. And, and that's that. Uh, yeah. And if you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter and there's a link to this, could you put, tweet, tweet out that link? Because I don't freaking know what it is and I don't know how to find it. Uh, I mean, I guess if I was thinking ahead. It, well, what can I say? Tweet it out for me and help me out here. Um, and a line that even though people, like, I'll, I'll give you an example of what happened today. Uh, uh, there's a guy who's, like, he's from the Ukraine, and he was super excited about going going surfing today. I was like, oh, you're going surfing, huh? 
Hmm. <clears throat> Let me tell you a story about a guy I know who, who went surfing. Now, my kids automatically would recognize his intro, as, as would listeners to the show would recognize his intro. And I talk about this friend of mine who's having a great time. Of course, the subtitle for anxiety-ridden new, native New Yorker like myself is, you know what his problem was? He left the house to have a good time. That was his fucking problem. But I don't say that. I say, there's a friend of mine who left the house. He's going to have a good time. He's at the beach. He's splashing. He's dashing. He's dancing around. He's all in all is having a really good time. But people think that because water is wet, it's light. It's not. And he gets hit by a wave that breaks his fucking back. Okay? He breaks his back. He doesn't notice this right away. He goes, ah, I got to pull muscle. My back kind of hurts. Three months later, they say, hey, man, your back is fractured. That's not all. That's not all. It fractured his back, his mid-back so thoroughly that it fucked up all of the blood vessels on the back side of his heart, like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, the back side of his heart. Culminating in him landing on the first show of his band's tour in Europe after a long plane ride uh, back in August and having two heart attacks. They had to rush in, get him a stent, pull that shit out of there, and uh, and now he, he is back to normal. They missed a few shows at the beginning of the tour. Not how you want to start a tour out. So I tell this to the Ukrainian surfer, and he goes, you're not minus one. He goes, you're not a new guy. You're not a change guy. You're a bitter and hateful man. You're just trying to ruin my good time. So no, I, I am a changed man. That story was told to you in, 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 in the spirit of total positivity. Can't you feel it coming? over me? He goes, you're just trying to ruin my time. I go, I just told you a story. Now you can do what you want with that information. So the guy shows up today and I was like, ah, you didn't go surfing, did you? He goes, I did go surfing. I went surfing earlier this morning. And everybody starts laughing at me. Ah, he went surfing. And I go, did you have a good time? He goes, well, yeah. I go, what happened? He goes, well, some guy got yanked out of the water by the ambulance. What, what happened to him? Well, a wave, 18, 20-foot wave crashed on him, splintered his surfboard. I couldn't do that with my bare hands, yet water did that. And dashed him against the rocks, and he was bleeding all over. Oh, bleeding all over a great white shark's eating ground early this morning. Right around dawn, maybe, is when they start hunting. He goes, ah, I don't worry about that, man. You know, as long as I see seals and sea lions, I know that there are no sharks around and otters. And uh-huh. He goes, but actually, now that you mention it, you know, I, I, I typically, if I'm just floating on my board, I, I'll put my legs and arms in. I'll just paddle with my finger like that. I go, oh, so you are taking precautions. You are thinking about it. Yeah, but it's not enough to ruin my time. It's a big difference. You got to die. I got to die. We all got to die. But it doesn't, it's not something I'm thinking about when I'm screwing. But I'm thinking about it, just not when I'm screwing. It's part of the rich pageantry of life. And so it is with UFC Fight Night 124. Is that what it is? Sorry, let me take a look. And I'm only apologizing for the uh, mucus thing. I had some cheese. It is 124. As usual, that's going to be the jump point. That is going to be the jump point. But it's not going to begin. Well, I guess jump point implies it'll begin there. We already began officially. Version one, UFC, uh, the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper version one. And this is going to be a little bit different before. I don't now. I'm. Uh, it's like Orpheus Unchained. I don't have to talk about fighting if I don't want. But I, as it is on Monday, 
the day after Sunday, which I thought was going to be Sunday, the day after a Saturday. But the fight tricked me because of Martin Luther King Day. I've never gotten that day off. And then finally, I, I work at a company that's run by uh, an African-American and an Indian guy. And they gave it to me off. But I still had a meeting today. <laughs> uh, so I got to train and go out running. But I had this meeting. So, but UFC uh, uh, Fight Night 124 is first and foremost uh, on my mind. Now, I watched at the, at the, at the house of a, a friend who I train with. His kids train. He trains. His wife doesn't train. They're from Romania. And um, so she's a, sort of a casual fan, but she's been paying attention to kickboxing for a long time back when they were in Romania with another guy, another purple belt from the fight team and his girlfriend. They both train. Well, the purple belt from the fight team ended up standing up and wandering out uh, even before the, the, the main card had started. Why'd he do that? Well, I, I'm guessing that he did that because he didn't know the fighters. And the fighters he didn't know who were fighting weren't fighting in a way that he wanted to know them. The premise underlying the Care Don't Care preview, which we ran a few days ago, was what does a casual fan know? This guy is training jiu-jitsu seven days a week and said during the course of the fight, hey, I think I might try going back to, to, to MMA. He's not, he's not overly old. This guy's in his 20s. Winning gold medals at IBGGF tournaments. Thinking about going to MMA. Doesn't know the fighters. Doesn't know the fighters. And if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the writing on the wall. Uh, um, uh, hold on a second. I'm going to pull some stuff up here for you. If you haven't seen the, if you haven't smelled what's being cooked for you, you're just not freaking paying attention. You really aren't paying attention. Darren Elkin seeks number one contender fight after sixth straight featherweight win. Yo, bro, easy, easy, easy. If some of you were paying attention to me at Eugene S. Robinson, on Twitter, you you know, that's kind of what I was saying there. Easy. Come on, bro, man. You you know, that's that's a functional equivalent of making that sign around your waist like, I got to win. I'm going to I need the belt. I got to check. No, you don't. Because you forget the rest of us just watch these fights. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I, I, I can't find it. So so. Let's do this. Sorry. Sorry, it's not as together as you might like, but whatever. Uh, Darren Elkins, the, the, the purses. Say, okay, here we go. I got it. Sorry. So he wandered out. What do you mean, Eugene? What do you mean he wandered out? You mean Guido Canetti versus Kung Hong Kang wasn't enough to keep his attention? Apparently, our Mads Burnell versus Mike Santiago? Um, hmm. No, apparently not. Apparently... Uh, a, a fight, uh, 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 Burnell against Santiago, decision. Uh, um, J.J. Aldrich, uh, uh, Danielle T Taylor, decision. Uh, Jessica I, uh, decision, a uh, split decision. And uh, uh, some people were expressing it being that Kalindra got robbed. So what? What? So what? So, so what? So what? Nushto. Guido Canetti versus Kung Ho Kang. Uh, it, it, that was a submission. But I'll be fucked if you cared about these guys. 
I didn't go into care. I don't care preview, nor did I care about all and all Donna. And usually just because I go from the top through the excitement, but I want you to taste what this felt like. Those of you who haven't seen it and don't know what I'm talking about. And those of you who have seen it and do know what I'm talking about might reminisce a little bit. I'm taking you down memory lane here. It's like going back to, to, to Saigon. It feels just as good, doesn't it? Irene O'Donnell, Toledo, Bernardo. Uh -huh. What was that? Oh, it was another decision. Favola versus Marco Polo Reyes was not. That was a nice knockout. But these are guys that you don't give a fuck about brawling. I got better action 7-Eleven juniper bushes by the dumpster, man. It's rock'em, sock'em robots. You know, keep in mind, there was half of that would explain the joy of, of watching a Sakuraba fight. But the other half of the joy of watching a Sakuraba fight was watching a supremely highly skilled martial artist pulling magic out of the air. Out of the air. Not out of his ass, out of the air. Marco Polo Rey, uh, 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 Reyes and, and Favola, these guys, this was a prison fight. And, 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 let me tell you something. I've been, I've been, for the last four months, my predictions have been dire beyond dire about the, the, the health of this sport. But you understand, this is, a, this is a cognate. This sport is a cognate for, for where we are, where we are socially and politically. Oh, you, you don't, you don't drag us down in the rabbit hole of, of you know, political. I'm mean, hey, hey, hey. I'm just calling it like I sees it. You know, America had flirted with this shit for a long time, and this ties into to MMA, but goes beyond MMA. They they flirted with it back when they started talking about Joe the Plumber, and there's been this there's been this desire for plain talking. Plain talking guys, you know, the salt of the earth. You know, the problem with Washington, D.C. is that they ain't got no goddamn common sense. Now, why can't you just blow those ruskies up? General George LeMay, I, the, also called the book about him called The Iron Eagle. He was the one whose suggestion was that for the Bay of Pigs, why waste some treasure? Bomb Cuba. What the fuck are the Soviets going to do? And what are the Cubans going to do? And who gives a fuck about the Cubans? Anybody who they could give a shit about in Cuba left for Florida, bomb it. This was General LeMay's. He was, if that movie uh, with Christopher Walken, where they try to get the soul of the most evil man in the world, and it ends up being this military guy. I believe this was tangentially, there's like a cross between Colonel Kurtz and, and, and LeMay. His solution was hammer, 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 hammer. But even this guy was a bright guy. There's been this strain. And Reagan was the first guy that everybody knew was not a smart guy. But you don't need, you know, the problem is you got these guys who are so smart that they can't do simple things. Nattering nabobs of negativity who couldn't park a bicycle straight is what Linda B. Johnson said, or either that him or Spiro Agnew, I can't remember. And then from the right side of the aisle came a guy who was too smart by half, Nixon, which solidified it. He was too damn smart for his own good. And, you know, it wasn't the crime that was committed. It was the cover up. We won't get any of that with Reagan. 
And people said at the time, go, you know, it's the people he surrounds himself with. Yeah, the president is largely of the figurehead. You know, Congress writes the laws, president signs them or doesn't sign him. He's a happy, happy cheerleader. He's like a, like a king in chess, moving one piece at a time. Yeah, it, it, it's his ability to pull together the chessboard that makes a difference. But when people started talking about Joe the plumber, there was they were getting confused. Like playing, it's like playing chess with a kid, and they start getting confused, and they just start making moves and hiding pieces and knocking them off, and eventually kicking the board over. And I don't want to besmirch kids because I do that now. Sore loser, do not give a fuck. That bo- those pieces are getting thrown to the wind if I'm losing. That's how I play chess. Why not? It's much more music. It's like I like to go over and some guys are playing hacky sack. Go, hey, can I just, yo, bro, you can join in. And they kick the hacky sack your way and you kick it 60 yards. And you go, I win. And that's still part of the new me because I did that in a total spirit of positivity. In other words, it makes me happy. That's positive. It positively makes me happy. Doesn't mean it's good. That's what people were confused about. They said, oh, Eugene, you, there's a new you for 2018. You're going to be you're positive. Yeah, I'm going to be positive. You're positive, you're going to be positive. Yeah, I'm going to be positive. It doesn't mean it's any good. I had a road to Damascus moment a few years ago where I started to think a phrase came to me emblazoned in neon in my dream. It was quiet embrace of self. And I realized that I had been spending my whole life, I had got into some integrity fight with an old roommate. And he was like, you have no integrity. You got, And so I said, I'm going to show him I have more integrity. So we had an integrity contest that lasted like a decade. And I finally realized this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is like a monkey trying to, you know, a monkey trying to live under the ocean. I am, a, you know, I, I, or, or, or a fish insisting on walking. You are as you are. You must quietly embrace yourself. And through all that quiet embrace of self, I realized that historically, the people who had quietly embraced themselves, Hitler, had a moment of hysterical blindness during the course of him being a soldier in World War I. He says he went up to a mountaintop, was struck blind. It's reported. And in it, he had revelations. Mao had a mo- Mao Zedong had a moment. A similar moment, a road to Damascus moment, where he quietly embraced self. Stalin as well. And then I realized that quiet embrace of self, while good for the individual, is frequently very bad for people around them. So I I made a promise with myself that my quiet embrace of self would not have deleterious effects on the world around me. So my positivity at this point still comes from me. And I enjoy, I enjoy winning as much as I enjoy you losing. It doesn't mean I'm a fool. It just doesn't mean I'm going to tear myself up inside for perceived shortfalls, which is more than I can say about incurious leaders. Stick with me for a bit. Joe the plumber was grossly uh, uh, unqualified, but people talked about it seriously. It amused them, and everybody kind of admitted it. Anyway, we should get that guy to run for president. And it didn't become reality to a John McCain, member of the Hanoi, Hanoi Hilton, decided to choose Sarah Palin. And that was very much like George H.W. Bush. Said. He said right before he made his vice presidential pick, he goes, I'm going to make a pick and all of you are going to go, my God, that's a genius pick. And who did he pick? A guy who couldn't spell potatoes right, Dan Quayle. 
So now, rather than respond to this in positive, what started to happen is that people started to, it's not a bug, it's a feature, and embrace it. Oh, you think you're so smart, which, which appeals to, you know, you know how many people I've had come up to me and tell me, oh, Stanford, huh? Yeah, I could have gotten to Stanford. My parents couldn't afford it. I said, yeah, well, I had to pay for it myself. I spent one, one quarter there. My mother said, hey, you know, it's about time to think about coming back to Brooklyn College. We can't afford this. And somebody told me these magic words. They said, if a school wants you, they'll figure out a way for you to go. And that Reagan fucked me. I was getting federal student loans. So you're going to get federal student loans? You should register for the draft. I was like, <laughs> I quoted him a line from a Bad Brain song. We will not do what they want to do what they say. Oh, no. I'm not registered for your fucking draft. Bushwick Bill. <laughs> Motherfucker war. So then I had to pay it myself. Took me until I was 32 to pay it off. I don't want to hear it. Your, your failures in life are not my responsibility. But there was this embrace, a not, a not such quiet embrace of the ways. In, and, and I agree with this. Hip hop ha- has been since night. I met my first hip hopper. His name was Dollar Bill. And he put out a record, Jimmy Spicer, in 1978. And he was the first hip hopper I met in 1970, summer of 1977. He laid the plan for Spider-Man. He put the S on Superman's chest. He wrestled with Hercules. He swam across the seven seas. Beat, beat, y'all. A beat, beat. That was one of his first raps. Hip-hop is completely built on this idea of, of, of making your, short, your shortcomings uh, 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 your strengths. But what if your shortcoming, what, what, what if you embrace a shortcoming because it's a shortcoming, as a shortcoming, <laughs> right? I can't play. I can't play chess well, but I will play chess poorly. But playing chess poorly is playing chess well. It's a double thing, and it hurts your head. So then you got people making Sarah Palin a hero. She should run for president. Why is she vice president to, to McCain? Why would she do that? How does that make any sense? She, we have President Palin. She's like a pit bull with lipstick. More she fucked up on talk shows, the more, the more she was loved. I can see Russia for, oh, you know that's not what she meant. Until we get a guy, <laughs> a guy who's aggressively anti-intellectual. I hear that word intellectual. I do not reach like 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 uh, 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 Goebbels said. I do not reach for my pistol. I hear intellectual. I hear, but I, I think about a person, a man or a woman, who might bust off with a few words that I need to look up later. I'm happy. You know why I'm happy? I'm happier than if than if I meet a Christian. Because when somebody announces to me that they're a Christian, I think they're pre-notifying me of their intent to fuck me over. Because they've already told me they're a Christian and therefore forgiven. So why are they telling me that they're forgiven if they have no intention of doing something that they need to be forgiven for? Makes me nervous. I hear intellectual. I I might get some new book recommendations. It doesn't mean that I'm stupid. 
It means that this is somebody who might know a little bit more about something than me. Can he beat me? Probably not. So then we're even. Great. Bust off with some book titles. All right. Taddeus Cunwicky, A Minor Apocalypse. Great book. Even though that was recommended to me by Lydia Lunch. And it's a good book. So now we, 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 we've embraced, we've embraced a, a, a certain kind of ignorance. And it's all around us. It's all, I, I mean, let's just go to Regis Philbin. If somebody said your kid was, oh, my new math teacher is Regis Philbin. He retired, just wanted to take the easy way out. You would be concerned. And yet Regis Philbin made more money than God. It was on TV every night of the week. Regis Philbin. I could go down the list. People are talking about Oprah. Oprah's going to run. Oh, I have Oprah for president. I have no doubt that Oprah's a bright woman. And I would certainly, I would certainly be comfortable with, with uh, 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 the spirit of inquiry that seems to be very much part and parcel of Oprah's brand. However, that's not a solution. And God, God love you. I don't know what the solution is. You ever talk to somebody who's who's just smart enough to know how stupid they really are? And rather, that knowledge in and of itself impinges on their self sense of self so aggressively that they'll do anything to protect it, including typically bullying people who might be smarter or, or, or at the very least rejecting the premise of those who might have something to say that makes some sense. You can see it in their eyes. Some guy says to me, hey, Eugene, I bet you're like those freaks. You don't want to stand up at the games. And I go, you know what? I, I don't know what Facebook argument you're having. But one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about being an American is doing what the fuck I want. <laughs> if I want to sit and poop my pants in public, I can. It's a free country. If I want to sit at a game and rub eggs on my testicles, I can because it's a free country. If I want to chew bubble gum off the bottom of the stadium chairs, I can. It's a free country. And goddamn me, if I don't want to stand up, you're going to make me? And he had never thought about it that way. I'm exercising my rights all over the place, all over your face. <laughs> Those of you who remember Knuckle Up might remember where that came from. You want these double Ds all up in your face? Speaking of which, Aziz Ansari. Keep that in mind. Text me if I forget to go back to Aziz Ansari. So anyway, we got this guy who's actively and it's it's a, who's actively embraced a certain know nothingism. And, and people now, those of you who voted for Trump, who've made it this far, are are getting defensive, and you can feel it. Well, you 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 libtard. I'm not talking about all these little buzzwordy things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that at all. If your kid came home from school and said your calculus teacher was Mr. Trump. You would be concerned. Well, you don't have to do calculus to be a good president. I can't do calculus. I'm not president. But I'm curious and I'm interested. And I've learned from hanging out with honestly tough guys, from very seriously tough guys, I've learned a few lessons. And that's one, you be fucking polite. And two, you keep your mouth shut and listen more than you talk. 
a friend of mine just went up. They they were I was about to go. Uh, uh, San Francisco Hell's Angels had a big uh, charity event uh, yesterday, and they were giving away like some hot shit hot rod. That I was gonna go. It's invite only. That's great where they have the sign up by the Hell's Angels logo at the clubhouse. And there's a smaller sign next to it that says, don't be that guy. <laughs> right? Because, of course, everybody wants to pull up next to the Hell's Angels sign in the clubhouse and take a picture to show that they were in the clubhouse. Don't be that guy. You will get fucked up. So, uh, so you, you know, that. <laughs> I, I I know that some of you are getting defensive about about this thing, but you know if I were to take a Donald Trump to that Hell's Angels uh, uh, cavalcade, that within within the hour he would be getting his head kicked in by 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 the uh, the keg. You know this. You know this. My whole take on reality is framed by hanging out with fighters and gangsters and genuine tough guys, military guys, genuine tough guys, not fucking around. Now, to a certain degree, there's certain things about Trump that I like and I'm excited about. One, I never thought I would see in my lifetime somebody who so thoroughly embodied the zeitgeist of New York City. New York City, there was otherworldliness about New Yorkers that just seemed to rub America the wrong way. I enjoyed Susan Lucci-esque uh, Rudolph Giuliani running for president. And I'm thinking about Ed Koch, Giuliani, uh, uh, Jimmy Breslin, loudmouth blowers, uh, Bruce Cutler. Man, I, if you go to Ozzy.com, O-Z-Y.com, and you type in Bruce Cutler, you can see my piece on Bruce Cutler, who is John Gotti's uh, defense attorney. Still alive, great interview. And I just go, man, you take that shit and you drop that into into Selma, you drop that into Reno, Nevada, you drop that into Jackson Hole, and people are like, what fucking planet did you come from? I can't stand it. Cannot stand it. And yet, we got a guy who fully embodies. So from that point of view, I'm like, man, New York has finally hit the big time. But there's a certain ignorance about New Yorkers that is completely embodied and why we have a perfect storm. Embodied by, I went to play the show in North Carolina. And listen, this was in like, this was in like ghetto North Carolina, which is very different from, if you come from ghettos, like the city ghettos, this is very different. And some guys, I was at the club there and I said, I'm going to go get some food. Guys like, hey, bro, be careful. I said, I don't worry. I got a gun. Go, oh, okay, okay. So you're probably Okay. I uh, said, so we had some guys in here from New York, and we told them to be careful, and they just went walking anyway. I said, man, we're from New York. And they went walking down the street, some some, some brother in a car drove, backed up. Hey, where you guys from? We're from Brooklyn, man. And he goes, great. Give me your wallets. Pulled out a gun. <laughs> I think he actually had a sawed-off shotgun in the front seat. Throw him in the car. Thank you. And drove away. It's different different. Never thought the rest of America would vibe with it. It has, but the reality of it is you can't do business this way. You can't do business this way. And, and I say that by way of listening to the shit coming out of the Baldwin's pie hole for the last few days that some of y'all have been nice enough to, to, to tweet me. To a certain degree, really fucking incredible stuff. 
him talking about Darren Elkins and then him saying that that Uriah Hall, who dropped out, was, you know, was he's not taking it seriously. You know why he dropped out? Because he probably almost died. Would he if he had died, would that have helped you? Would that have been like Catch-22 says, a feather in your cap or a black eye? Here, I'm looking at it here. Watching the scrum with Dana, what's with his eyebrows? Is the stress getting to him? Adam Martin. Very funny. His eyebrows look like the eyebrows of somebody who likes to cross-dress, typically. Colby Covington is saying some some misty shit. We're going to uh, somebody suggested the Jessicas because the character who played the psychotic in play Misty for me character's name was Jessica. So the Misty Awards, the person saying the mistiest shit will now henceforth be called the Jessicas. Colby Covington is full of shit again. Crappington and uh, here I am. I'm getting, I'm getting, I, <laughs> you guys have been working me overtime on it. I love it. Dana, uh, uh, Kamaru Usman, who, who pulled a, a, a Tyron Woodley and laid on his problems for 15 minutes is now talking uh, crazy shit. He's saying he will KO Woodley and Kobe Crappington when they fight. <laughs> And that was almost a clever way of saying when I fight for the championship. But Usman, man, I didn't see enough of that shit. Great strategy, a Woodley-esque strategy. You see how many people were, were booing afterward? How about that woman who, who, who beat my pick, who beat Paige Van Sant, and they, from a chick from Australia, uh, Drake, and, and she's like booing, and she goes, yeah, well, yeah, it makes up for they broke into my house, they stole $35,000 worth of my stuff, and they killed my cat. I was like, man, tough fucking crowd. Because typically, if you break into a house, the cat flees. They had to seek out that cat to kill that fucking cat. Who the fuck does that? The fuck would you kill a cat? Cats are absolutely no threat to you. You're trying to send the message? Fuck you, I robbed your stuff and killed your cat. I don't know if you've ever broken in places. I have friends who used to break in places, and we always do some shit. We pooped in the sink. The fuck would you do that for? Just to let them know we were there. You don't think the TV being missing will let them know you were there? Usman. So the breakdown is this. Elkins is lit. According to Davey. That's all. You don't need more than that. Maybe he doesn't want his name mentioned. Yeah? Lit means lost in the supermarket. Yeah, he won, but how the fuck do you market a guy like that? He's like the new Keith Jardine. Rhythmically whacked out, manages to win. Michael Johnson, the guy who he beat, we'll just call him Bellator from now on because he's gone. The fuck you get tapped out like that? Listen, I do jiu- I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback here, but I had the jujitsu. I feel a guy start to to throw that fucking that that hook over and then go for the body lock, and I'm sweating and I'm shirtless. I start to twist in the guard, man. Got stuck like that, and then he inexpertly implies a choke, and he's here on the chin. If you can't ch- tuck your chin, you open your mouth. You know. I wasn't there, don't know, but I guarantee you, I might have been knocked out by Elkins, but I'm not getting choked out by Elkins. Well, you do, that's not fair. You're doing jujitsu six days a week, and you're going to go triple world champ gold medalist. Well, yes, I am. I, I am that. 
especially my last fight that was really pretty amazing where I managed to, they knew how good I was when I showed up and they managed to, man, they're not too many guys from 1962. My days of competing were over. But uh, Elkins is lost in the supermarket, won, but how the hell do you, how the hell do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you shop that guy? And Michael Johnson, Bellator. Uriah Hall, Vitor, they they escaped the event horizon. But like like like, like Davey says, you never escape the event horizon, man. That makes it more horrible. It's like when they when they rush in, and this is how they, a lot of people go, man. Al Qaeda gets me, or you know, uh, uh, fucking ISIS gets me. Man, I'm fighting. And they said, don't you realize they'll take you out 18 times as a dry run. And the 19th time, they'll kill you. You're like, ah, it's another dry run. You're all relaxed. You're looking around. Get me back to my cell. Kind of scratch out some messages on the wall. That's what the event horizon is. Uriah Hall, Vita. Vita, Dana throws him under the bus. He goes, ah, he didn't want anybody else. He didn't want a replacement. No, he wants to go out like the great line from Apocalypse Now, not like some wasted loser, but go out like a soldier. Respectable. Doesn't need the money. Doesn't need the money. So, a uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but somebody just texted me and said on, on 0.0, officially sort of the first version of, uh, of, of this, the Eugene Robinson show stomper, romp and stomp it. He says, uh, Eugene, you say that you talk about not losing if you don't quit. Yeah, that's what I did say. Uh, um, well, he goes on about 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 music. We'll talk about other things. But you get the bald one trying to patch it in the midst of talking up UFC boxing and all that shit, shit, shit. You get the sense that what's happening writ large in America is happening writ small in the UFC. It's the Peter Principle in action. The guy is outmatched by his his, his challenges. Listen, if you're trying to instruct somebody on how to knit and they're fucking up the knitting, you get upset and angry and frustrated. You know why? Your brain is making the mistakes as they make the mistakes. There's a certain amount of frustration involved in that. Anger and frustration. So you snatch it. Ah, give me it. And then you snatch it from me. You show them how to do it. That's what's happening. Believe me, next Saturday, the Stipe Miocic fight is, is the last thing on the table for fucking 2018. You know how I know that? Because they would be teasing other fights and they really haven't, except some scrub fight nights. You know, Bellator used to be healthily in the B League. Can't say that anymore. And you won't be able to say that going into the end of 2018, for sure not. Because there's a certain glee that comes with mom and dad are not there and kids can jump around. They don't have to go to bed on time. But if you watch kids, there's a certain time when the, 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 the level of frustration peaks and they're like, kind of sucks. They're crying. They're acting out. They start breaking things. They need somebody to come and put them to bed. That's America. We've had our fun. We elected Joe the plumber. The bald one is out there telling people they can fuck off and blow him and all the other kind of stuff he's known for. But in the end, Lorenzo and Frank, also known as the smart guys, made out like bandits and they left us in the hand with a bad, bad babysitter. And I'm sure people are thinking, oh, 
people inside the fence are thinking, you know, there was a big strike. Baseball bounced back. Barely. But, you know, you, you had a number of people. You had a team. You had a crew. It's just one guy now. And the, the guys at WME Endeavor have their hands full with the sexual harassment Weinstein list. Hashtag me too. Aziz Ansari. Yes, I got back to it. Thank you for the reminder. Dude who just tweeted. Also, speaking of tweeting, if you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the stomper, T-H-E-S-T-O-M-P-E-R, the stomper. And you'll see I give rewards for sponsoring the show. And those of you who give the $10 reward, which means that you get a call from me, only one of you who gave the $10 reward actually gave me your fucking number. Now, it would be nice if once you gave the reward, I tracked you down and asked for your number and did all that cute stuff. Can't do that. I don't have the time. I don't have the attention. I don't have the focus. DM me through... Uh, uh, through Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson with your phone number, and I'll call only if it correlates with a ten dollar uh, uh, sponsorship for Patreon. And those cats, I'll, I'll call you. You know why? I'm not doing it just to be an altruist. This is the nature of my positivity. I'm a journalist. So, dude is is a, is a high powered like nursing professional in mental institutions. The guy who called. And we talked for about half an hour. And I'm thinking, man, there's got to be a good story here. There's got to be. It's got to be. We could do a true story or something. You know, I, can, I guess I could say his name. Victor O wrote a true story for me by getting stabbed in the park when he was homeless. That shit was mighty. Go to Ozzy.com and type in V-I-K-T-O-R-O-H. Great fucking story. Tear your heart to shreds. So if you're doing the $10 thing, don't be upset if I haven't called you if I don't have your number. That's all I'm saying. So Aziz Ansari. So Endeavor has got their hands full. They bought this and they locked the bald one into a contract, a performance contract, because they don't know what they're doing. That They do that with every company. Every company that sells, they try to keep some of the staff in there to ensure a transition, and they give them markers that they have to meet and bonuses connected to those markers built on a base of the exchange. They don't have to do it, but typically that's they're not, it's not slavery, servitude, but typically that's what's done. Now, the question is, in true, in true conspiracy style, is the bald one who well, – the argument is still out about whether he's stupid or crazy – or neither, or crafty as a freaking fox. Three possibilities. I tend to, the, the trend lines in my mind go toward the third option. Because what happens if they don't recognize value, they don't re-up for the TV rights? What happens if, they, if he scuttles a whole ship? Who gets it then? Are the Fatitas invited back in without having to give back that 4.2 bill and you know, uh, uh, Endeavor just kind of shrugs it off. They've completely mismanaged it, completely from total law. I can say without pause, mismanagement from top to bottom. Mismanaged. 
and this this hashtag Me Too thing is not going to go away. You got these cats who everybody widely assumed, you know, good guys, Franco, Aziz, and Zari with their Me Too things showing up. I'm in solidarity with my sisters, and the sisters are fucking putting them on Front Street. Like, oh, yeah? What about that time? But Aziz and Zari, I actually, I'm on a case-by-case basis with all this stuff, and, I, and I'm looking, I go, hmm, Aziz and Zari went on one or two dates with this woman. And I, don't, I can hear you screaming right now, that doesn't mean anything, Eugene. I'm not saying it means anything. I'm just stating some facts. He went on one or two dates with, with this woman. And then he says, you should come back to my place. This is pretty clear. The, oh, Eugene, well, if it was another dude. Hey, if another dude invites me over to his place, you know, I typically ask, hey, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And if the guy responds, no, it's nobody, just me and you. We could hang out. I'm like, yeah, go over to this guy's house and hang out. We could hang out outside. We're hanging out right now. I go to your house and you and me hang out. I'm not assuming that the guy's intent is criminal, but I'm not entirely sure it's not romantical. So after two dates, he invites this, this woman to, to back to his apartment after the second date. And it sounds like there was some consensual making out involved. And it sounds like from the consensual making out, things got into a bedroom. Now, if a guy invites me to his house and starts to kiss me in the door and then tries to get me in the bedroom, I'm pretty sure what the fuck is going on, right? And, I, and the woman in question was pretty sure that it was going on. And then guys sometimes blow it. There's one woman who I was messing around with, and she was like saying that she had been raped four times. I didn't understand this. I, I, I kind of didn't want to make light of it, but I'm thinking like, the first time I went to a rape party, I was raped. The second time I went to the rape party, I, well, I was raped. The third time I went to the rape, okay, I got it, all right? So I, she was talking about it, talking about it easily and comfortably. Oh, but I go, well, what happened? And it ends up that four times that she had been at a party drinking, different parties, with various guys, and said uh, they were making out. Or in the middle of actually having sex, she goes, oh, st- stop, slow down. Give me, I, I need a breather. And the guy's like, what? Mid-pump? Well, I'm almost there. Let me finish. And he finishes. She's like, you know, I asked you to stop. You kept going. And two of the cases, two of the cases, that's the kind of rape that she described. The others were, 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 were more standardized. (laughs) So I halfway thought of this when she and I had started to have sexual contact. And in the middle of, of thrusting, she says to me, oh, give me a breather. What I suspect really happened is that she was a rare unicorn and had really rapid orgasms and wanted a breather. So she asked for a breather. I stop. Whatever. We're both standing in the kitchen over your stove with our pants around our ankles. We could both stop, but uh, what are we talking about now? And she gave a few minutes. and. She, Made the drink and gave me a drink, and then we continued. But Aziz Ansari, no. So they're on the bed, the pants are coming off. She's like, um, I don't know if I feel so comfortable with this. 
I don't know what he said at that point, but I imagine it was like something like, oh, come on, baby. And she said, well, you know, she just kind of went along with it. And the next day, she got bugged and she wrote him and goes, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really feel too comfortable with what happened last night. And so they talk about it through email or text. As far as he's concerned, I'm guessing it was a non-issue. And then got boom on Front Street today when she sees him on the thing with his time's up thing. Time's up on you, motherfucker. Time's up on you. And so now, dude's scrambling and trying to explain, and Netflix is looking into his TV show. And it's like, I, I, you, you know, I, um, I'll give you another example. Like, again, this is not knuckle up. I talk about whatever I want. Go back, meet this woman. Meet at a bar, making out in the bar, grabbing, you know, don't, I mean, you know, just, hey, doing the deal. So let's go back to my place, her suggestion. Go back to her place, making out in her place, start grabbing. I start, you know, drop trowel, and I'm getting, and she goes, you know what? She goes, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ready for this right now. Do you, do you understand? And I was like, oh, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's cool. She goes, do you, you know, is that, is that all right? I go, no, no, that's totally cool. You know, like. This is the first time we've met in person. <laughs> it's the first time we met in person. Hey, you know, was, you didn't know me yesterday. Yeah, now you know me, and I gotta completely understand that. But unlike Unzees and Zari, but maybe more like Louis C.K., at that point, as I stand in the kitchen, I decide, well, cool, we don't have to do this. And uh, I don't have to pull my pants up either. That has not been requested. So I'm swanning about the place with my pants around my ankles because I think it's kind of comical as I go to get a glass of water. We're talking. And then she gets over, overcome with the excitement or something and then begins to fillet me. And that was OK. That was a good day. So go about my business, go, come back the next time and we are hanging around and talking, eating, and then we start to have sex. And it was the eeriest sex ever because she laid perfectly still and didn't make a single sound. She was face down. I couldn't see her, but I was getting eerie, eerie feelings. Now, you have to know my propensity for having sexual contact with lunatic women was pretty high. She had a, she had a tele shrink. Her shrink was somehow in Brazil. And she would call her shrink. I'm saying if you got a shrink in Brazil, you might be paying a little too much for that. But on the other hand, they're probably a pretty good shrink. So there was a possibility that she could have been on antipsychotic medication. I don't know. I do know she was very deathly. And I just stopped. I had to stop. And we never talked about it again. We just stopped. I pulled my pants up. We went back to talking about what we we're talking about. We had sexual contact after that, and it was more comfortable and normal, and people were happy and engaged. I mean, I guess from her point of view is if she's having sex with a guy who doesn't know that she's stock still. I don't. I couldn't tell what if it was. Her eyes were squeezed shut, or she she was thinking about figs, or I don't know what was going on. 
but something was sufficiently non-sexual enough going on that it creeped me out that I stopped. Aziz Ansari did not stop. He continued, apologized for what he wasn't quite sure the next day. She said she was uncomfortable, but, you know, uncomfortable is not stop. You go to a restaurant, you like this table, you sit down, and eh, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, at that point, your waiter might say or your waitress might say, is there something we could do to make this better for you? This is a prime case in which a guy who probably didn't get a lot of tail before he got famous is probably getting some tail and just doesn't really, I mean, his, his actual age is, I don't know how old dude is, 36. His actual relationship age could be like 18. But do we have to mention this guy's name in the, in, in the same discussion that we're mentioning a guy who should be in prison, Harvey Weinstein? Nah, I'm going to reject that. I'm going to reject it. You know, because you open yourself up to that and then you're going to have guys like me who are talking about that time I was on tour back in the 80s and some woman said you could stay at my place and then she like goes to make a move on me and I'm tired and I don't want to do it because I got a girlfriend and she says she starts throwing a fit and I think she's going to throw me out of her place and, and I'm going to be stuck in this four in the morning. So I just lay there and let her do it. How about I break loose and go to the press and, and now bust around? She's some, you know, she's some corporate executive at this point in time. That was so long ago. Say, hey, yo, she raped me. I didn't like it, nor did I consent to it. Well, would I? It, what, and I was like, well, Aziz is famous. Maybe that there's, an, there's a financial. Uh, this woman is like a corporate executive now. It could be a financial motive. Why? Because one of the one of the one of the a number one earmarks of manhood. Oh, you don't, you don't know what it's like to be a man. And they join the military. And I watched all those military commercials during the UFC. And guys in the military will be the first one to tell you that's a crock of fucking shit. stand up You feel that way about your brothers in arms, but the organizational structure that called you all together, fuck them. Not a single person I've met in the military hasn't felt that way, even the guys, even the guys who are officers. So, you know, uh, uh, so here we go. Uh, I mean, uh, at this point now, your modus operandi should be before we have sex. Sorry, you got to sign this paper. Not only that, what are you doing? Well, I'm setting up the camera. Well, I don't want you. Well. The camera is included in the paper. I can't use it against you, but I'm going to record this to guarantee that everything is copacetic. Number one, uh, the number one earmark of being a man. Shoulder your burden without complaint because nobody gives a fuck. So I'm not going to say this woman in the 80s who, you know, tricked me into staying at her place and forced me to have sex with her when I was tired and not into it. Because I had a girlfriend and she was like, yeah, I'm clearly not going to let me get sleep. So I just laid there and let her do it. I, you know, I'm not going to say that she raped me. I'm only mentioning it here by point of contrast. What do you gain by putting Aziz Ansari on Front Street for something that you consented to, but you didn't like? Now, are we going to have to hear a litany of people who have uncomfortable sexual exchanges with famous people? 
I tried to explain it. Some guy goes, oh, man, you must be all the groupies. I go, it's a lot of pressure. What do you mean a lot of pressure? One, you've been spending the whole day driving to a show. Whole day driving to a show. And then you're loading gear in. And then after you load the gear in and you're driving to the show, you load the gear in and you play the show. You're eating bad food. You might have some bad alcohol. You play the show an hour, sweating and jumping, and, and then you unload the gear out. Then you got to take it to a place that you can hide it so you can sleep in peace. And then you peel off from the group and then maybe you take off with a woman. Now you've been up and at it for several hours. You got to jump in the shower. You got to get clean. And then you got show number two. And believe me, buddy, if you don't perform in this show, her friends will ask, what did you do last night? She goes, oh, my God, you won't believe who I took home. If it was just some miscellaneous dude and you were terrible, ah, it's just some fuck. Don't even ask. Don't even ask, girlfriend. But if it's Mick Jagger, people are going to talk. Not even if it's Mick Jagger. You know what? You know that band Girls Against Boys, Girls, Girls versus Boys, GVSB? Now, that guy who sings for that band, I know people he's had sex with, and I don't know that guy. Not only that, I know about how that guy performs sexually, and I don't know that guy. Nor do I know his band. I know the name of the band. I don't know what they sound like. I couldn't tell you their records. I can't even tell you his name. But I met a woman who dished on having sex with him. So going into that, something average guys don't have to do with it. Do you want to deal with it? Nobody who had sex with Aziz Ansari pre-Emmy, pre-Grammy, or pre-Emmy, pre-Golden Globe is talking about him. And if they are, it's because he, it's because it's post-Golden Globe. So I, I'm not coming down on the side of Catherine Deneuve and this, and I'm enjoying people be, because it's, it's an amends moment. And as a man, I've, I've gone through my amends. Email somebody, hey, remember that night high and I grabbed you, grabbed your crotch, crotch and tried to kiss you? Is that is that what what is that? What was that? I gave you a lot of work after that, but did you feel bad? Did that did that make you were you did it never heard back? So I I don't know what that means by way of an answer. My point is, you know, when Scientologists talk about clear, I don't like Scientology, but I do like the idea of, of clarity. The worst part about a a, a Trump and the worst part about a Dana White, the bald one, is that the craft ebbing thing of them not knowing what they don't know and and being completely unclear about what it is they don't know and need to know. That's what's terrifying. If I got a bus driver who says, how difficult could it be? It's a wheel and it's it's a key. I got it. And that guy's on my airplane. I'm a little nervous. If I pull into a, a jiu-jitsu school and start teaching a class and I don't have any belts, you might have the right to be a little nervous. You might. You might have that right. Be a little nervous. So I can't, with good confidence say that the remaining UFCs in 2018 after January 20th, Miocic and, and, and Ganu, I can't say that they're going to deliver anything. We've used this analogy before of, of MMA, any sport. 
the difference between football, they're talking about Belichick and Brady and the, this thing, and the, 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 yeah, that's an organization. Organizations have great power. Dynasties have great power. Families have great power. I will die. You will die. But I've got three daughters. And coming, and coming this March, I will announce for the first time that I will be a grandfather. I will have a grandson. This is the first public announcement. I told you I had some family issues. It's taken me six weeks to be comfortable with this news that I'm sharing with you. I would hope that my 21-year-old daughter would have waited, and she chose not to, and here I am thrust into the middle of a Madonna video. Uh, yesterday, met the new, new co-grandparents, and three days ago, four days ago, met the father of my grandson for the first time. Nice kid. Six foot three, 290 pounds. <laughs> In the spirit of eugenics, I got to be happy about this. And he's got prodigies in the family. A younger brother who could play Mozart at, at, the side, at the age of six. Other brother's a doctor. Good genes. Stanford guy. So I have to say, I have to say, you know, I want some base level of competency and we're not getting that and i think it's perfectly okay if i see a guy fumbling at the front of the airplane to say you know i'll catch the next airplane except i can't organization is powerful football is an organization any one of those players could not show up and that team could survive it's got redundancy built in the UFC does not. It does not. So when you look at the vast Scirocco blown wasteland of 2018 MMA, you got to understand that it's not getting better because the guy who's in charge of possibly making it better has no idea what he's doing. He's finally been overmatched. We are not on the upward swing. We are on the downward swing. Let's hope it's a gyre. G-Y-R-E. Look it up. America, it's built in every four years. In this case, two years with the congressional elections in, in, uh, this fall. I'm less worried about America than I am about the UFC. Bellator not ready for prime time. Deck chairs on the, on, on the Titanic. Moving Jimmy Smith over. What are you sending a message to fucking Scott Coker for? What does that do? Absolutely nothing. And how do you think the, the, some of those fighters are going to feel when they find out what kind of truck you backed up to Jimmy Smith's house to get him to come over? Nah, bro. You got one way out. One way out, and that's to pay those fighters more, and you won't do that. And you think it's fun for us to watch guys who have no other choice doing what we used to love them to do? No. The only guys that can stand to watch are legacy guys who you know are getting paid. So. 
Organizations might help rough spots. Baseball, organizations. Football, soccer, organization. MMA is like boxing, man. And as boxing has has stumbled and died, you know, don't tell me about the old boxing. They just give a little bit more money to the fighters. It doesn't mean the sport's any any healthier. The Baldwin sees an opportunity because the sport is no healthier. But you're not going to be able to make that sport that that's not as healthy healthy by using an mo that's faulty and fucked up and and and, and making the sport that you came from not that healthy. That shit's not going to work. I tricked him at the UFC. Let's see if I can trick boxers who can't be any smarter than UFC fighters. Stop that, man. Stop that. You're not going to buy TV rights in the backs of guys who don't know any better when guys who know better are living in, in beach houses with Rolls Royces. That's not going to happen. Sorry if you think it is. Anyway, that's the end of version one, volume one of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. This was a show on death. On death. You know, and, and at the end of it, Mr. Positivity 2018, I'm sure we all feel fine, don't we? Let's confront the inevitable. Something magical will have to happen to rescue the UFC. Lonely eyes turn to Johnny Boney Joni. Lonely eyes turn to uh, McNuggets. Lonely eyes turn to Nick and Nate Diaz. Lonely eyes turn to the other needle movers who haven't already jumped to Bellator. Uh, lonely eyes turn to more possible needle moves jumping to Bellator so that Bellator could be more needle movie. We will be back on Tuesday night. On Tuesday night with uh, uh, If I Did It, followed immediately by If the Shoes Fit. Wednesday morning, actually Wednesday morning, it won't happen, probably Thursday morning, we will do the Care I Don't Care preview and then Saturday night, we'll be drunk at the wine bar on water. That's right, water. But thanks for listening to the first show. And am I going to swap out the new end? Am I going to have a new end for the new show? Is that what's going to happen? I don't think so. Look what you made me do!